Hey friends, welcome back to the No Wrong Turns pod with Audrey Hickman Hunter. I am Audrey and I'm your host, and I am so happy that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Every other Tuesday, we have an awesome guest to come on and chat about their story, their passions, and how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. Subscribe today to the No Wrong Turns pod with Audrey Hickman Hunter in your podcast player or app so that you guys will never miss an episode. Hey friends, happy Tuesday. Hello, hello. I have missed you all. I hope that your Christmas and New Year celebrations went well. My husband and I were able to celebrate our second wedding anniversary with a little social distance COVID style ski trip up in Minnesota. We were able to ski at two different ski locations, um, Spirit and Lutzen. And if you are a Midwest skier, I would highly recommend either. But I have to say, I enjoyed Letson because they had a ton of runs. 85 out of the 95 were open while we were there. And we happened to get some fresh powder, so that was pretty awesome. Last week, Wednesday, January 6, 2021, is a day that I'll never forget. For myself, I was eating a late lunch at work, and then all of a sudden, I had some multiple notifications popping up at me. So I turned on on the news and started following what was going on on at the Capitol and the intense series of events that took place with a white supremacist breaking in and causing the members of Congress to have to stop and flee from their chambers. I am sure that you too will not soon forget where you are and what you are doing on that day. Friends, if you are interested in being in a small group setting for listening, discussion, and action work, with a main focus on racial injustice and racial reconciliation, I would invite you to consider joining my book club. Our January book selection is Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man by Emmanuel Acho. If you are interested in joining the conversation, our next book club is meeting on Tuesday, January 19th at 7.30 p.m. Chicago time. DM us on our social medias at NoRungTurnsPod or you can email us at NoRungTurnsPod at gmail.com. listeners welcome to our 30th episode and the first episode of 2021 today on the podcast we have kelsey kemp kelsey is an eighth generation texan growing up kelsey practiced ballet she took ballet so seriously that she began a program where she trained in the morning and in the evenings and in the in-between times she did homeschooling around the age of 16 kelsey and her twin began youtube channel basically a content marketing that her twin still runs today about ballet and at the same time kelsey also began a customizable ballet bag business with her mother during her time attending a ballet boarding school kelsey got severely hurt and was told by doctors that she was no longer able to practice ballet as you would imagine kelsey was completely devastated that her one passion was now gone Kelsey yearned to find something that she could be as passionate about as she was about ballet. She did all of the career tests, personality tests, and pondered what was next for her. Then through a series of events, not being content with her day job, and explaining to close friends her ideas, Kelsey took the next step with her passion of career coaching. You are for sure going to want to lean in and not miss hearing Kelsey's story as she highlights her passions of ballet, finding your next passion, and career coaching. No matter if this is your story and you can relate to her or not, I believe that there is something in this episode for you. All right, here's my conversation with Kelsey. 
Welcome to the No Wrong Turns podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Kelsey Kemp. Hello, Kelsey. Hello. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. And as I was mentioning before we started recording, I love the name of this podcast. And Thank I am you. here to, and excited to talk about my story and just embrace the fact that, yeah, there are no wrong turns. That sounded like it was very prepared and cheesy. It totally was not and came from the heart, but no matter. I'm doing great. Thanks. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We're so excited to hear about your story and your passions. Can you tell uh, the listeners just maybe like a 30, 60 second kind of summary who you are, where you're from, any fun facts? Yes. Oh, the nutshell. We love it. So (laughs) in a nutshell, I live in Austin, Texas. A fun fact there is that I am eighth generation Texan. So like, wow, as they come, Um, and very proud of it. I love my home state and I live in the capital of it. Um, And I am a career coach and I specialize in helping Christians discern their unique calling and then actually and practically land a job that will pay them to fulfill that calling. So their life's work is something that they could actually find a sustainable career in. Um, And so I have been doing that. I started my career coaching practice two and a half years ago, actually this month. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you so much. So that's, um, that's me in a nutshell. I think the only other fun fact, no, I'm going to throw out two if I can be super indulgent. One is I'm an identical twin. And two is that this is kind of a sub point to that fun fact. When we were 17, we were actually on the final casting reel for this Oprah special about twins, but the show got dropped. But I still think like, wow, that was pretty, pretty cool. You were so close to meeting Oprah. So close. So close. Hopefully I'll come close again. We'll see. Yeah. She's still around. She's still kicking She's kicking. Yeah. That's awesome. So you said you're from Texas and did you always live in Austin or where did you grow up? Oh no, I always wanted to live in Austin, but did not. It was a character building experience, not living in this beloved city. So um, (laughs) I grew up in Corpus Christi, Texas, which is on the Gulf Coast. Uh, It's a deep town. It's fairly small, although now I realize it really was not as small as my bratty self thought it was. I'm like, I mean, I've heard of it. It's probably not that small. Okay, see, thank you. Putting me in my place further, like, it is not that small, but um, I, yeah, I grew up there, um, but I lived in Houston for a year and a half. I lived in Dallas for two years, College Station, where I went to university at Texas A&M for four years, uh, and so now Austin, the last two and a half, once I started my business, I moved here because I thought I could live wherever I want. And that's where I want to live. The only major city in Texas that I've not lived in is San Antonio, but I think I'm parking it in Austin. Final call, final answer. (laughs) That's awesome. So you grew up like kind of all around, but mainly starting Corpus Christi? Yeah, first 17 years. Okay. So like the majority of your childhood? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. So when you were growing up, what were some of like, you know, like an elementary, maybe starting middle school, what can you tell us like a little bit about like what life was like for you, maybe some interests or hobbies that you had? Yes. Oh my gosh. A headliner hobby was definitely ballet. Um, I started when I was six and funny enough, I really did not fall in love with it right away. I think like many young girls might, um, and then they burn out of it fast. I think it was like a slow growth. 
Oh yeah. Okay. Um, kind of like Girl Scouts. A lot of people are like, oh yeah, I was a Girl Scout. I was a brownie. I'm like, homie, don't talk to me until you got that like gold award. Okay. But no, actually. Were you I a Girl know. Scout too? Yes. Oh my gosh. I don't know why I'm saying that. Like <laughs> I'm a diehard for it. I really resented it most of the time. That wasn't, uh, please remove that from the conversation about, uh, it's not aligning with the topic of passions, more of something <laughs> that my mom was having me do. So gotcha. I had a better shot at getting into college. Uh, but yeah, ballet was a huge, huge part in my life. Once mm-hmm. I turned 12, I realized that I wanted to pursue it professionally. So I started training um, morning and night and I was homeschooled and um, which really was such a sweet package with being a Girl Scout homeschooled person. <laughs> um, yeah, so wait, wait, I got a funny. question. So when oh, you yeah. say morning and night, um, mm-hmm. the only other time available, I guess, in that time I hear is the afternoon. So yeah, were you just like school. dancing like all morning till lunchtime and then school and then back to ballet in the after school time exactly so I would wake up early and start off school at about seven and then I would go to ballet class at 10 until or nine no I think it was usually 10 to 12 and then I would do about five to nine um and that was that was my schedule yeah maybe sometimes six to nine Um, still (laughs) and on Saturdays and Sundays um, sometimes as well I think Friday was my only day off Um, but I was very if you want to talk about passions that oh man I was living for ballet but I did a lot a lot of other things growing up Um, I think I was pretty entrepreneurial from the start which is no wonder I think because of my family my parents as well as both sets of grandparents were all pretty entrepreneurial so um, it just was something I always looked up to my family always just kind of have an interest make it into a business why don't you (laughs) so um, they always kind of instilled that belief in me that you could do it it's just apply yourself and with some hard work and smart work Um, why not just go after it yeah I like how you said that hard work and smart work like yeah I always heard that saying like work smarter not harder have Mm -hmm. you heard of that oh absolutely it's something that you kind (laughs) of figure out naturally over time once you realize oh just hard work doesn't actually make all the wheels turn you know totally so for the ballet you said you like started more seriously when you were 12 and then how did that look like going forward like to For middle school and that, so you finish out middle school and you were still doing ballet mm-hmm. like intensely oh, and yeah. then if, what did high school look like for you mm, so it's even more intense <laughs> <laughs> so I had my mom had always kept my sister and I um, she encouraged us to have pursue a lot of different activities keep us very engaged so over time from, I guess, six to 12 years old, a lot of those got weeded out, obviously, Mm -hmm. Um, like karate, golf, (laughs) um, painting, uh, swimming. I was really into the competitive swimming as well. But um, so I just got more and more focused over time. So once after 12, um, I was deciding to only be focused and even like stopping music lessons, only be focused on ballet that just got more and more. So I was going away every summer um, for between four to six weeks for these different training programs in Alabama, Houston, New York, San Francisco. Um, And I would be, it was just doing a lot of training 
Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to in high school, I started dual credit courses because again, I'm very grateful that my parents always did encourage me. They allowed me to follow my passion of ballet. They very much supported that, but they really, really were so great about not shaming that desire um, mm-hmm. while still kind of subliminally giving us a safety net, still encouraging this culture of um, business and academics and other aspects to my life and the way I thought about my life. So if and when um, I got so injured, inevitably, like even at in the best case scenario, Mm -hmm. most professional dancers can only make it, and I'm saying at best, up to their 30s. Oh, wow. And you will see some exceptional cases. They're so rare of someone getting to dance until they're 40, maybe 50. I have once seen 60, but that's really unheard of. It's so unheard Mm -hmm. of. So obviously that is not a lifetime career. So (laughs) they were really still helping us to honor what we were passionate about at the time, but still be strong in academics, still have the mindset that one day I will go to college while also encouraging me to nurture that entrepreneurial instinct and desire that I always had. So I started a company when I was 16. Oh, wow. Um, And I, along with that, started doing what I now know is content marketing. All (laughs) I knew at the time was there was this new thing called YouTube. And um, not many, too many people were on it. And I just thought, like, wow, I, I could... I could have a channel. Why not? I kind of love that can-do spirit. Um, yeah. And so why don't I do a channel about ballet advice and mm. just be giving advice about and commentaries and entertaining things as well on how to pursue a career as a professional ballet dancer. Obviously very intense, as I mentioned before. So there's right. a lot to it. It's all kind of all consuming. So I started that YouTube channel and I started this company um, creating customized what are called dance bags. It's really just a utility bag um, okay. or a tote that's uh-huh. especially designed for a ballet dancer's needs, their different products and how they like to separate all of that and what they need to carry with them wow. throughout their days, their training, their rehearsals, their performances, um, as well as making them customizable because and just providing a lot of different fabric options and beautiful designs because at the time I noticed that there were only these hideous vinyl black or like pink with zebra um, bags that were just kind of like a one huge bucket like catch-all and I wanted my items separated and I wanted it to be beautiful and so necessity is always the mother of invention so that's Mm -hmm. something that I did and it actually did quite well and I my mom um, helped uh, co-found that and run it with me Um, and we did that for four years and the ballet channel actually did quite well and now my sister has taken it over and that is still something that she runs to this day over 10 years later and it has I think over like 18,000 subscribers now and that's actually the lifeblood of her business because she's also an entrepreneur so it's pretty neat to see how all of that turned out from my high school ambitions yeah that was a bit long-winded but that's kind of high school except the only other huge thing that I did not mention Uh is 
after my senior year, my sister and I went off to ballet boarding school at wow. the Houston Ballet Academy, obviously in Houston. Um, so we moved alone, like up there. At, but you were together, so yeah, yeah, a, a little bit different than being uh, totally, totally, totally alone. alone. I didn't realize. So she did ballet too. So you guys were oh, kind yeah. of shared that. We did pretty much everything together. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, that was, oh yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) So it's pretty crazy, but that was one of the most intense years of my life for sure. Um, That is a six day a week, eight plus hours a day training program. Um, And throughout that program, I got so injured that I was in a wheelchair for two months and um, a boot and cast on both of my feet two more times in addition to that. had extreme stress fracturing in all 10 of my metatarsals as well as severe bone bruising come to I'm find sorry, out I have, what's a metatarsal it's the um long bones in your feet uh, okay gotcha <laughs> so my feet were destroyed and like exploded and set on fire basically um but so they yeah. didn't have to amputate oh luckily not I still got them I could show you if you'd like so <laughs> I'm good uh, we're all good we're good we're glad that this is a podcast and just an audio <laughs> recording so yeah that was a really big experience in my high school career as well which definitely changed the trajectory of it since ballet could no longer be an option I was so dead set on it though mm-hmm. that I refused to let my mind accept that I would have to stop and so I kept on going back as soon as the injury like 90% healed which of course (laughs) didn't do well for it Um, and until the um, a doctor told me that I was going to cripple myself and I had to stop and I was also already getting arthritis in my hip joints as well as a 19 year old um so yes oh no I I had to stop so on a wow that must have been devastating oh to say the least exactly my singular ambition from 12 so um, I I I have to ask so your sister did she have the same kind of injuries actually um that year she was mostly okay she developed a knee injury which ended up um, being very very difficult and career ending for her in the years to come but she did for that time being get Uh to continue which was incredibly difficult for me obviously doubly hard yeah seeing my uh, clone essentially live out (laughs) all my dreams um while I was actually stuck in the apartment because we were in a second floor apartment that didn't have an elevator and so I couldn't leave unless she picked me up out of my wheelchair and put me on the couch folded up my wheelchair took it downstairs set it back up came back up to get me carried me down put me up there and in the wheelchair and went back up to lock the apartment and we also weren't on great terms at the time so she didn't do that very often <laughs> so oh, I didn't get out Goodness. yeah that was a character building year for sure um to see all of my dreams dismantled completely and have to build new ones yeah that I uh, like now like you saying about your parents like allowing you to uh, pursue your passions and your dreams mm-hmm. but at the same time making sure that there's a safety net like praise probably. god for them <laughs> yeah that's aw- i mean that's awesome that they did that not awesome about what happened to you obviously of course. yeah but wow. that was still an extreme privilege to even get a shot at um mm. so i am very very grateful but of course that was so difficult <laughs> 
Hey listeners, some of you may have heard a big part of my story on how I started this podcast. During my day job, I get to listen to podcasts all day long as I work. The ones that I really enjoy are ones that encompass someone's story and their passions. And since I am an avid podcast listener, I wanted to start sharing podcasts and podcast episodes that I have enjoyed and that I think you will enjoy as well. This week, I wanted to share with you a podcast called The Commuter Bible. This podcast breaks down the Bible into five weekly episodes and in one year walks you through reading the whole Bible. Something that I really enjoy about this podcast is that John Ross, the podcast host, gives a little bit of context with the text being read each day. I'm excited to add the Commuter Bible to my daily work podcast list. I will link the podcast details in the show notes. So that's, but that was your senior year. So you were probably going into that year thinking in your head, I have these plans for the future. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of your senior year thinking, what were you, what were you thinking? Cause your plans were probably, I'm guessing yeah. destroyed. Dismantled. Yeah. Dismantled sounds better. <laughs> Obliterated. No, let's say that. <laughs> that would be a fair description, I think. And so the timing of it all was that I had just finished high school. I had just struggled through finishing up that first year and only year for me at the Houston Mm -hmm. Ballet Academy. Um, My sister continued on, but I, it was June when um, that doctor said what he did, that I Mm -hmm. could no longer continue, as well as the director of the ballet school refusing to let me come back. So that was really, I think I would have I think God knew that I would have still been tempted to ignore the doctor. Yeah. Um, but they said, you are too injured. You cannot, you are not invited back to our summer program or next year's term, which cue me sitting in the office with the director of the school and the ballet mistress. That's kind of like the, a, another word for the secondary program director. Mm-hmm telling me you're officially done that made it also real Uh, cue like crying honestly harder than I have ever and ever since cried in my life gasping for air being mortified and so embarrassed because I'm still in their presence and it's like a very very intense strict culture like you don't show emotions and hearing them not say a single thing complimentary to me it's very harsh it's a very harsh world in that ballet realm not saying a single kind thing to me throughout the whole year being very harsh on me and then starting the conversation with listen we think you're a smart girl you should go to college and I I just was (laughs) oh my gosh yeah just it sucked the air out of me so I left that office my all of my classmates saw me like completely red in the face right Uh, I leave the building Mm -hmm. and I cry my eyes out some more and then I go home and this is June and I have just graduated high school quote graduated I just kind of like phased out of it I was homeschooled so it's kind of like check we're done we're we are done now (laughs) um and I drove home in that afternoon I just opened up my computer and I started Googling colleges and I um, just didn't really cry about it again for another two weeks or so. 
until of course the emotions do catch up to you again. But by that time I had just already researched programs. I had signed up for an ACT prep course. I scheduled my ACT exam um, and I was like planning to tour colleges and I got a job, a retail job at Anthropology. Um, mm, nice store. And so I just, yeah, it was fun. And so I just, all I could do was pick up my life and move on, I think. Wow, that I, I didn't even think about that um, also too, like, because usually like you take your ACT like junior year. Oh yeah, no. And, and then <laughs> like prepared. junior year, like sophomore year, you're you know kind of thinking about the schools. Junior year, you're really hitting it hard, like touring places. Yes. And then senior year, you already know like where you're applying to. You just got to apply. But you're already at the end of senior year. Yes. And you're like having to figure all of this stuff out. Like mm-hmm. also too, well, at least for me, when I was in high school, the school kind of like had like a guidance, co- guidance counselors that helped you and they had the ACT set up. Like, so you kind of knew you had that stuff along the way. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have to do that much, but you had to figure all that out for yourself. Yeah. I mean, luckily Google makes all sorts of things go around including my business I built my business on Google like one Google at a time basically so (laughs) I did figure it out but of course you could probably assume that because of the timing of things I could not enter college that fall as oh you didn't well no (laughs) of course not with my typical age group so I started as soon as I could though the next spring so and then okay. I had graduated college in three and a half years, still staying with that. I, so I graduated college. That was like the first time that I had kind of been on a normal pace with my age group, I think. Nice. So then um, where did you, um, where did you end up going to college? Like how to walk us to how we, how we got from anthropology to college. Yeah, well, my parents made that pretty simple for me. I went to Texas A&M University, uh, Giggum Aggies, I guess that's the thing to say. I'm acting like I have so much school spirit. I'm kind of a cynic, actually. Just kidding. I love it, and I will totally force my kids to go there. <laughs> we don't know. Did you hear the split personality in there? I'm really not sure how to feel about where I went to university. I think it's great. I don't did know. Your, so did your parents go there? Is that why you said? Uh, my dad did, and it's like okay. a very big I guess a lot of school spirit it's very typical for family lines to go there I guess okay like a legacy and so my dad had always dreamed that I would go there too and so that was actually a pretty tough experience um I, I think he had always he had been so gracious with me and let me pursue all of my passions and ballet to the nth degree that once mm-hmm. I had to go to college because I'm like what else am I gonna do and yeah I did always want to go so I'm gonna go now he was kind of this is my territory now and so you have to go where I say (laughs) Uh, and so of course am do I know now that he just loved it so much that he wanted me to enjoy it too yeah Mm -hmm. but did my teenage self think it was all that grand and gracious to be told like oh actually you have to go here or I'm not gonna help you with college I'm like oh right I would have said it differently (laughs) but okay yeah so um I my parents were kind of like you could waste your own this sounds very harsh they're very kind but it was a very tense time in our lives I think Mm -hmm. they just said you could waste your own money paying for application fees to different colleges that you're not going to go to or you could apply to Texas A&M and Texas State University, my mom's alma mater as a backup. 
<laughs> but yeah, I got into A&M and I went to the business school there. So how did you choose the business major? Was it just like because of your entrepreneurial experience that you had with making those bags, like starting that company with your mom or yes. how did it? Okay. I think it was always, my family is just pretty businessy and mm -hmm. plus it's just such a practical major that I think that we always talked about it that way. And I always, I don't even know if it was just inherent or suggested, probably a mixture of both, but I always knew that I wanted to be a business major. And a lot of people told me, oh, you're homeschooled. That's just going to look like you're dumb and don't have any track record. You're probably not going to get into A&M. You're definitely not going to get into the business school. You should just try to get into an easier major and then see if you could transfer in. I was like, no. Wow. <laughs> so, who are these people? That's so yeah, harsh. Yeah. I think it was just... Yeah, who knows? I did experience quite a bit of bullying because I was homeschooled. But uh, anyway, so yeah, I always knew that I wanted to be a business major and luckily I got in and it was all as well. Awesome. So I'm not sure, but sometimes like when I hear people talk about business majors or like communication majors, like those kind of like big overarching things, did you have like anything specific or like an emphasis? Oh yeah, I did have a specific major. So I'm glad you asked that. I'm actually so annoyed when people are like, yeah, I just went to like this school on the West Coast. I'm like, say the school. And I studied something in business. And I'm like, say your major. Um, so yeah, I studied supply chain management, which is okay. kind of like operational management or logistics. It's a fairly new field, but it's becoming more and more popular. I always loved efficiency and making mm -hmm. things much more strategic, efficient, and work faster and smoother. And so I was very fascinated by that major and I'm glad I studied it, even though technically I did not use it a day in my life. <laughs> um, so when you were in college, so your main like kind of like hobby and passion of ballet was you're, you're still kind of, I don't know, getting, getting over or processing through that life shift. Did you have, now you have so much free time. You weren't dancing from breakfast till after dinner. So what did you do? I mean, besides college, you know, going <laughs> yeah. to class and that kind of stuff. That's to be pretty busy, actually. <laughs> did you have any, any other hobbies or passions that you kind of like picked up along, along that time? Yeah. Oh man. I think that reconnecting with, wait, do I ever get a new passion like what is it was that kind of it will I miss this forever I think it was kind of like maybe all the feelings that someone feels in a breakup like is it ever yeah. gonna be like that again or like if you really enjoyed it like is is there hope for me again mm -hmm. um and for years and years um I would say all throughout college yeah I started to get closer and closer to maybe something I would enjoy but Overall, I was still very lost, and I wouldn't say I found that until two years after college, um, and until I started my business, really, finding something that I was truly passionate about again. And I remember having this very pivotal conversation with a friend, and this was senior year, and I'm like talking to my friend, Megan, is maybe I'm just never going to love something again. Maybe wow. there is, is life just about achievement now, and I'm being straight up with her like do I really just have to find other things that are half as exciting like the rush you get when you get approval from peers or professors or mm -hmm. the rush you get from 
getting a job offer with a really sweet salary because that I know in my heart is not as satisfying as what I had before. Mm-hmm. And she said, Kelsey, you will find it. Like you will find it again and you will be, I, I think a part of that conversation was I also felt so self-conscious because you know, when you're passionate about something, you have the energy to dedicate the absolute best of yourself to that whatever it is Mm -hmm. so because I didn't have that like really big passion anymore I just felt like I was kind of floundering I was still doing well by many standards but I felt like am I ever I see that girl over there and she can just command a room and put together a presentation like nobody's business. And this friend over here, he's the get it done guy. If you need anyone to just make sure that our plans are solid and we're moving towards a goal, everyone goes to him or Mm -hmm. um, like her. She, she's just ruthlessly ambitious and never like she won't stop for anything. Like she could pull the late nights and she's such a hard worker And all these things, I I could see glimmers of what was really special in other people, but Mm -hmm. I didn't think I had anything special anymore because I didn't have that like spark in my life. And so I didn't have, I hadn't yet come to realize what I had that could be applied to a new passion yet. So Mm -hmm. she said, you will find it and you will be incredible at something you already are, but you Mm -hmm. will be incredible. Just wait. And so thank you, Megan Stone. If you're listening to this, you are so <laughs> cherished. I just remember every wow, what a great the detail of that moment. She's just like, just wait, you'll find it, you'll find it. It's so funny. She actually, we had a happy hour like two weeks ago. Now it's like adults, like five years later, and uh-huh. I was kind of talking with her about a similar topic. Because to be honest, like nobody's asking this, but it's so interesting these themes that come back up in our life again of having recently gone through a breakup and actually asking those same questions like will I find something like that again and I could almost Mm -hmm. cry now I didn't realize the serendipity of it all just this last weekend she said something similar to me like that again like it's okay like just wait just wait so anyway no I in college I hadn't yet uh, really connected with a new passion yet I was Mm -hmm. eagerly like desperate for that to come back into my life wondering if it would not sure if it actually would ever so instead I really devoted my energy to what I think maybe plenty of people can relate to which is if I can't find something that I truly stand by and I want to do why don't I just figure out what everyone else thinks is the coolest most impressive ambitious thing and then get that and maybe Hmm. the uh, approval of it all maybe that will make me feel okay about my life Mm-hmm. Of course, I, I'm not sure I would put it in that clear of terms of what my true motivation was at the time. Looking back, I could see it. Um, so that's what I did. I just got very competitive about grades. I got very competitive about what internship or what job I got. And that is how I got into my next chapter after college of going into technology consulting for a really large consulting firm. That was kind of like all the rage, I guess, in business school. The Mm -hmm. most coveted jobs were ones in like strategy or management consulting or tech consulting. And so when I got that, I thought, oh, I've made it. 
Wait, I got a. I have a question. Oh, please go ahead. So I hear you say technology consulting, Uh and I realize what those two words mean Mm -hmm. independently. And I can like. What is it actually? (laughs) I'm like, I'm just curious on the day to day or you know summary. Uh, what is that? <laughs> yes, I so appreciate that question. I ask the exact same thing to any guests on my podcast because I'm like, no, no, no. What are you actually doing on the daily in that job? So for me, um, the projects that I was working on, so in mm-hmm. consulting, you know, you're hired out for teams, uh, for these client companies that um, need a big project accomplished. So in technology consulting, specifically in the division that I was in, I was in emerging and digital tech okay. consulting. So in that group, we were focused on big digital transformation projects. So what that actually means is maybe some huge like Fortune 500 company or not even that big, but I did get the chance to work on some pretty huge clients, but they would have, let's say a IBM mainframe database that is 20 years old and their programs look hideous and they're glitching for all their employees and it's Mm -hmm. not working well and it's losing them time and money. So they hire in specifically in my group Um, hire in consultants to design and implement an updated system. So uh, at the least glamorous, that was just changing out their database to be more efficient and clean it up. On, I guess, the most glamorous that people would think, even though I would definitely not even count this as glamorous or fun, hence I'm not in that career anymore, is (laughs) we're updating, maybe we're creating a custom application for them. We're updating the design so their internal websites actually look beautiful. Um, Maybe we're doing some cool, like, machine learning, um, inefficient practices to help their businesses run a lot better through their portals and the lens of their technology that they're running their business on. So um, my role, that's kind of what the function of my team was. Mm -hmm. Uh, And my role within that, I wasn't on the technical side per se. There's kind of the business side and then there's the technical side. So Mm -hmm. technical developers, the data architects, whatever, they are designing the solutions uh, and maybe they're the technical experts that are implementing and designing the new piece of technology um, or the solution for the client. I was on the business side um, since that was my experience. So what that means is I was the liaison between the client and gathering the client's desires, requirements, what they want this system to do and be and look like Mm -hmm. and translate that into technical instructions while doing a lot of project management with the developers to make sure that we're delivering what they want when they want. Gotcha. Extremely stressful. Sounds (laughs) like you have like two people on each side, like. Yeah. Yeah. And so what that actually turns out to be is you are the beater in that meeting. If, and when the coders maybe didn't have something that went well and uh, I got to be eventually leading a project in which I directly reported to a a CIO or CT, wait, your chief, yeah, I think he was the chief technology officer at this global immigration law firm. And anytime I would have to give my weekly report to him and it was not, like there was no way that I could polish that turd, I would, (laughs) he was like, what happened? What did, you know, it's all my my fault. I can't really tell him that 
like, like giving- it's not really my fault it's their fault <laughs> yeah but of course like it's client services so I think yeah. that actually prepared me quite well for what I do now because <laughs> um, I'm still in client services you know I think everybody is but in a much different capacity so yeah I hope that gives a little bit of a light of what I actually did it's kind of making a lot of powerpoints talking to a lot of people so it wasn't so much like the technology, when you were describing the first half of that about the technology and all, all that stuff, I was like, oh, wow, I like missed that part yeah. in like your school journey. Like I missed. Oh, yeah, it was not there. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I guess like, I mean, you're millennial or are you millennial or Gen Z? Yeah, yeah, I, I scraped out at the bottom of millennial. I think it doesn't go until 95. I was born in 93. I'm not sure on the on the years. I have to, I'll have to Google that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I didn't train for any of that in school, and it was extremely stressful to have to pick up so much of it on the job, and I just ended up spending a ton of time feeling stupid, yeah. uh, but I did try my best, and even though what I did describe as my role is very businessy, it sounds like very communication-based, mm-hmm. you still have to speak and know what you're talking about in coder's language. Very complicated, so... Gosh. Gosh, yeah, it was stressful. And I just realized, wow, the truth is, I don't care about any of this. I don't want to spend my late nights and weekends learning about this new tool I'm not excited about. Wow. How long did you do that? And how long did it take you to figure out that that wasn't going to be a career path for you? Yeah, I would say, so I was in that position for two years uh, with the company. And I think it was after the first year. I could probably say earlier, but it definitely after the first year, I thought, oh, no, 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 this is not the career for me uh, at all. But, you know, cue all the terrifying questions. Well, then what else? Yeah. How how do you figure out what you want to do with your whole life? Um, So kind of cue, that's like a little uh, teaser into kind of how I figured out what I do now. So what, so what did you, how did you get from there to here where you are now? Yeah. What was the, um, did you have like a big moment or just more conversations? Did your friends speak more wisdom to you? Oh no, I wish. I think that it was actually looking around and realizing everyone I know pretty much is struggling in, with the same questions as I am. Yeah. And then I go to older, wiser people for advice. And I just get these like sticker answers, like do what you love. Okay, well, that doesn't really help because then I also hear things like do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life because no one's hiring. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, And so it's like, how's that? Oh, find something that you're really passionate about. Okay, great. Um, Well, I'm really passionate about poetry so I like looked into how do I make a career in that I was like no I think that's more of a side thing (laughs) if anything um and so I just found as many people do and what it has now become popularly termed the quarter life crisis is I just got so overwhelmed with endless amounts of kind of non-functional that's the nice way of saying useless advice Mm -hmm. um from people who grew up in 
a, a different time that their advice really worked for them, but now they are not a young person dealing with an infinite sea of options, which is supposed to be empowering, but it's actually somewhat crushing because you're so worried about like making the wrong decision and what really will satisfy me? How do I choose out of this like needle in a haystack kind of situation? Mm -hmm. Um, Will it truly be better than what I have now? Mm -hmm. And so like, how do I figure out what that solution is going to be? So um, it was a long and messy, messy process. I went through because as you heard me say, it was a year in when I figured out, oh no, this is, this is not for me. Yeah. Um, and it was, wasn't until another year later that I turned in my notice and did launch a new career path. Um, so in that year, it was filled with a ton of stress, a ton of feeling almost in a fever pitch at one point, feeling like I was crazy. Like I'm asking all these questions, like, am I supposed to find meaning in my work? Like did uh, and coming from a Christian worldview, like, what does God say about work? Was Am I being entitled? Am I being that, like, classic millennial that just wants so much purpose and wants to have fun in her work? But is that not something? Should I really just suck it up, like my yeah. parents and others are saying? Is that what I have to do? If, if so, just tell me, and I guess I'll, like, just stamp the light out of my eyes. Can you tell I'm like a little dramatic and poetic? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so it was very confusing. I ended up taking like every personality test on the planet, hoping that that (laughs) would give me an answer as to what career path uh, would be a good fit for me that's actually satisfying, while also being terrified that the answer would end up being that I would be in a career that's completely different than what I had any experience in mm. um, and going on LinkedIn job postings just feeling like every even entry-level position in a new industry already requires that you have like a bachelor's in that field and two years of internship experience and I don't have that so I guess I can't even change industries and so just getting very defeated um, worried also with a ton of things like if I make some crazy change that is not aligned with what anyone expected of me not aligned with what any of my peers from business school are doing um, you know feeling the judgment from that Mm -hmm. Uh, am I going to be seen as a failure Um, which you know that's what I was kind of living for before to be seen as a success which is how Mm -hmm. I got in a so such a a position that was so unaligned with who I am. Um, and so, yeah, there were so many stressors associated with that. I found it incredibly confusing. I just wished that someone could give me a clear path to confidently discern what I felt called to do. I would love for someone to give me a clear answer from a Christian perspective mm-hmm. of like, am I being entitled? What is God's will for my life? I don't know. What's work designed to be a gift or a character building curse? <laughs> I don't know. And so, that's when, after I got to my most frustrating point, feeling that I had explored every avenue um, that kind of traditional advice led me down, and as much as Google could offer me in terms of career coaching <laughs> for free, I realized, whoa, wait, back up. Didn't you always know that you wanted to start a business one day? And how did you start businesses before? It's with the realization, that age-old realization, that necessity is the mother of invention. 
Mm-hmm. And so what is the biggest necessity in my life right now? If anyone could come into my life and solve the most meaningful problem that I would just like want to kiss their face and say, thank you, you changed my life and I will ask for nothing less. This is the most meaningful problem that anyone could have ever relieved me of. It would be helping me confidently find a career that would be an excellent, satisfying, long-term match for me in which I could serve with the best of my abilities and actually fulfill what my friend Megan said, which is, Kelsey, you will find that passion again one day. You will find it and you will get to work in it. And so could someone help me figure that out? And I realized, okay, well, I think you have to be that person. You have to figure, if that is the most, if that is the most meaningful problem that someone could ever solve for you, then I think I would be very, very satisfied and fulfilled with knowing I could help other people through this. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure that's a good lead there. This week in our sponsor spot is me, Audrey and the No Wrong Turns Pod. I wanted to share with you a new project for the pod called 52 Weeks of Gratitude and Joy. This year, my focus has oftentimes been on what isn't happening and the negatives. While there is much work to be done, and at the same time, I want to make sure to focus on the things that we can be grateful for and the things that bring joy. Keep your eyes out on our social media posts and let us know what you are grateful for and what is bringing you joy in 2021. All right, back to Kelsey's story. After a few more endless <laughs> Google searches, I ended up realizing um, that career coaching is a profession. I really wasn't aware of that before. I knew of career advising, academic advising, mm-hmm. um, but you know, being an independent career coach with a specific niche or specialty uh, in like a personally branded business, that's definitely something I never considered before. And so realizing, wow, I could do this. um, That was, it was scary because that does kind of match up with some fears I had before. Oh my gosh, I don't know anyone who does this. Oh my gosh, am I going to look crazy? Oh my gosh, I'm not trained in this. Yeah, I I don't know how to solve this problem yet. How am I going to solve that for other people? Um, but yeah, I could go on and on about how I ended up bridging the gap. But that is how I realized, okay, at least I have a really dang good lead of what I think my passion could be. So you figured out what your passion could be, mm-hmm. which is very exciting to like make it to that point. Yes. Um, but then what were you what do you do what did you do after that did you um need more uh training and schooling or Mm. is this something that you just kind of were like "Mm, let me just like google and figure this out or (laughs) more googling (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh well so how I got from that moment of realizing okay I think that this is a good lead to actually launching the business and uh well, figuring out what that business would even be mm-hmm. and then turning in my notice and making it happen. That was, I think, about, I think, just like a four-month process. So given the whole arc of oh, things, wow. that, that actually, it sped That's up. Pretty, qu- pretty quick. It sped up quite a bit. Um, and I think it happened a lot faster than I thought. Uh, so how it all worked out was 
the first person I admitted it to was my best friend, Renee. I took her to an olive garden with this gift card I had. I'm like, <laughs> Renee, let's, we gotta hang out. And um, I, w- I had like sweaty armpits. This is so funny how, oh. I don't know if you ever encounter this, but I certainly have in my career coaching conversations, I realized that most people don't even tell their best friend what their craziest dream is, like their most closely held dream. And I thought, oh my gosh, I think I'm actually all about this, but it sounds too crazy. And even my like most non-judgmental person in the uh, friend in the world, like yeah. my best friend, I was nervous to say it out loud. I think about it. She was the first person I admitted it to, and I said, "Does that sound crazy? You know me so well. Does that sound like something I would actually be fulfilled at, good at?" Does this sound like a good idea, a stupid idea? Just tell me. Tell me exactly what you think. And she lit up and said, I think that this is an incredible idea for you. It makes a lot of sense. I hear your passion and your logic behind it. I think this could be really good. Plus, this is the magic of saying what you dream and telling people what you want. They can help you. Guess what? I had no idea that her uncle happened to be a leadership development coach, definitely a different specialty within the coaching industry, but Mm -hmm. I had never even met someone who had a job like this. She hooked me up on the phone with him in a consultation or like an assessment that he does that should have cost me $350. He ended up doing it for free out of the kindness of his heart because I'm Renee's best friend. (laughs) And in that, he actually, it was such a blessing. He got to tell me a little bit more about his experience. He did this um, special personality and almost like career assessment test on me. Mm-hmm. And it, long story short, it ended up being the most affirming conversation possible. It was, I was floating on air. Like I remember going on a walk around my neighborhood after that call. And I was like, did that just happen? Did I just Mm -hmm. get affirmed that this is my career? This is my career. This is not only what I want to do, but according to all his expertise and including this assessment that he kind of broke down for me, I would (laughs) Uh, technically be a talent, strength, and personality fit for this profession. Um, So that's when I decided to go for it full force. I started looking up what kind of training am I going to need? Um, Mm -hmm. It turns out that coaching, it's uh, unregulated. Well, it's not a formally regulated industry yet. And so you don't technically need any licensing to practice or training to practice. But of course, I'm going to want training. Like, I want to do this well for people. I want to figure out what this is all about. So I signed up for this. I think it definitely boosts your credibility when you're trying to recruit people. If you have some kind of certificate or, I don't know, some extra letters. God bless. I was 24 at the time. Like, can you imagine the flack that I actually did get? Like, I'm sorry. Who are you, twerp? Actually thinking that you were going to be someone's career coach what does that even mean walking through advice and yeah which it turns out it's not actually um an advice many people turn it into a consulting type position where you're Mm -hmm. giving advice but it coaching at its purest form is actually meant to be um helping people see the answers that are already within them and Mm -hmm. a coach is supposed to be someone who is completely objective so that's how I really really Mm -hmm. I stuck to my guns even though I got flack and I got older people being like who do you think you are I knew that I could do start this business in complete integrity because after I had completed my training Mm -hmm. um, or even during it I was like I know that I have the skills to help people find 
the advice that's already within them and like the authentic path for them. Um, They are not going to be swayed by my advice Mm -hmm. that I'm not going to try to help them copy my career. I'm helping them find their best career. Um, So that's how I, in complete integrity, can say you do not have to be 50 years old having all this decades of industry experience um, to be a, quote, coach. That would be a mentor that Mm -hmm. someone is seeking out. Um, So anyway, a little pet peeve (laughs) that I have with that. But I did, um, I signed up for a really intense training program, the best I could find. I got my certification in that. I actually ended up quitting my job much earlier than I thought because I felt so affirmed and so excited, so passionate that I was ready to dive into it full time. And so I did just about four months later and it was mess <laughs> the first year and mm-hmm. I learned so many things from it of course and it was so character building and we could get into as many gritty details as you would like but yeah that's when I made the launch that's awesome so you went from not sure what a passion what passion you could possibly have to stand up to ballet and searching for that and then you kind of answer the question for yourself and were affirmed by all of these different kind of key people along your way and then were able to get actual training. And so I'm just curious, so after you got your training, because I hear just in general, like when I hear the term, you know, coaching or whatever, usually I, I don't hear about, I don't know, with like, you know, like a gym, it's not like they have all of these life coaches that are usually at like one spot. The only place I could think of that is maybe like school counselor or something, yeah. or maybe there are these places I just don't know. Yeah. But so where did you know, um, I guess I'm curious, like after you were done with your training and did you know that you were going to start like your own business or did you, were you thinking, did you, are there, are there places that you could have taken this like to be under somebody else's umbrella? Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. I get that question a lot. Like, did you always know that you just wanted to go it on your own or naturally I think many people would seek to gain employment under someone else. Um, I think I was kind of done with that Yeah. <laughs> uh, to sound perfectly millennial-esque. But yes, I, I knew that I wanted to start my own business because I knew I wanted to serve a very unique specialty. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm not quite sure that I knew this exactly, but I had a hunch in the beginning that, you know, I want to develop my own process, my own framework, test it through clients over the years. I want this to be my brainchild. I am very creative. I enjoy, like I, you've heard throughout my story, I always wanted to start my own business. I'm very entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. So I was excited for that comprehensive challenge. Mm -hmm. I didn't want necessarily to just go under someone and fulfill their quota and have maybe just be handed a rubric or a framework that I have to follow these certain types of methods in order to get their result. And most of the jobs that I did actually look it up, okay, what would it look like to be employed as a career coach under maybe an agency, Mm -hmm. if I could even find that, which I don't, they do exist, but, or more, it's more so a kind of 
people and org or, or HR function of, it, I hesitate to say it's part of HR, I don't really believe it is, but something of that nature where large companies actually will hire a leadership development or executive coach. But I realized that the specialty I wanted to be in as a career coach is I didn't want to just be there's a lot of different specialties that you could go in it, but in one of the main ones that people assume is actually just resume writing mm -hmm. or interview preparation. I wanted to be an A to Z service provider, providing more of the career, I think what we, people might consider career counseling aspect in the beginning of helping someone discern what career is going to be the best match for them, not just taking more of a maybe impersonal assessment, but really working through and connecting with their story of how and why, like, do they want to help people in what capacity, for what benefit, in what way, using what talents and your identity and your passions and all this, identifying an actual job opportunity that would be a viable career for them. And then in the end, yes, still getting to all the practical stuff job search strategy, networking, LinkedIn profile optimization, salary negotiation, resume writing, interview prep, all of that. So over time, I have built it out to be a complete A to Z service for people. So yeah, long story short, I did always want it to be my own thing. So that's what I made it. It was not cute in the beginning at all. You've got to start messy. I tried <laughs> to pretend that it could be like the most perfect thing like launching it and being like look everybody I quit my job and I started this cool thing except it was not my website I think back on it and it was like the most atrocious thing of course I thought it was cool at the time but now I realize why I got so many side eyes because it was like follow your dreams now I'm like yeah. listen listen <laughs> like here's the practicals like all how to do straight all this stuff so my website's much different now so I kind of want to pivot a little bit and ask you a couple of other questions that you may have thought about like throughout your story. And the first one is, do you have a myth or two maybe that you had believed yourself before you found this passion of what, what was, what's, what would be the, like one, like the one word name of your passion, like career mm -hmm. finding or. Yeah. Helping people discern their calling, especially from a Christian perspective for those mm -hmm. who are, um, come from that worldview. It's very, very meaningful to discern, not just what you want to do, but to find what you feel God is calling you to do, which I can't believe I didn't even get into that aspect of my story. I did have these like crazy, insane, like hearing from God moments that definitely shaped my path uh, but anyway so yeah helping people get to that point that's definitely my passion so what were some myths that you believed about this passion and career before maybe before you had gotten in there or maybe some myths that you have discovered since that you're like this is not quite true people are saying this but this is not really the experience yeah hmm. well there's kind of two angles that I, I'm thinking about and which one would you like to hear because there's kind of like the misconceptions that I had about what this career would be like for me like my experience in it mm -hmm. and then there's also the side of the huge amount of myths I see my clients struggling with which is myths like I actually have to <laughs> um, just wait and it's unfaithful to 
make any career moves until I know for sure that God is telling me to go any in any certain direction. And that's how I see people getting stuck for absolutely years on end because they're waiting for the writing on the wall when God actually very, very much intended. And once I did the biblical study and mm-hmm. now I have like all this library of resources and that's kind of what my podcast is about as well, is helping people understand from a biblical perspective what a calling actually is and how we're intended to operate in our careers as the gift it was intended to be a primary source of purpose um, and all of this stuff but I yeah I definitely see people holding back a lot because they Mm -hmm. don't believe that you're meant to make decisions without divine confirmation when in reality we see people countless characters in the bible making many decisions from faithful use of logic and an understanding of hey, I think I could do better than this and I don't think that I have to stay stuck. And Mm -hmm. also the myth that you have to wait until you find peace about something. People Mm -hmm. often, oh, this this frustrates me so much because there's a lot of Instagram quote cards out there that say, go where the peace is. Go Mm -hmm. where the peace is is absolutely ridiculous, actually, if you really think about it. Jesus Christ himself, if he followed where the peace was, would not have gotten hung up on the cross and redeemed my life from my sins like he would not have that was not a peaceful situation moses himself uh said do not pick me for this job i have zero peace about it um and he wanted to chicken out but there was a calling there like from mm-hmm. god himself and so uh and timothy keller a very famous pastor who started in like one of the most successful churches in new york city one of the world's most secular cities um in the 80s he moved to new york and said i'm gonna start a church in manhattan And he said, do you think I had any peace about going to the world's most secular city and signing a three-year lease for a building? No. But did I have conviction that this would be a good use of my life? Yes. (laughs) So I I find that people um, inappropriately making an idol out of the feeling of peace Mm -hmm. um, really ends up hurting them in the end because sometimes following your calling by the grace of God, it's a very, very purposeful thing. You could still have the feeling of passion throughout much of your experience, but most times it could be terrifying. It could be unsettling. It could be very difficult. Um, But I find that like you kind of always could encounter difficulty because you're always giving something up, right? I felt Mm -hmm. like I was giving up my potential, giving up my joy, but not giving up any money, you know, in that nice corporate job. I gave up different things for a better Mm trade-off in starting my business. So anyway, (laughs) I could definitely get on more of a soapbox with all of those things, but that's a a big myth that I see people struggling with who wish that they already knew what their calling was Mm -hmm. and are in a career that was aligned with it. And what's holding them back is really like idolizing thought more thought and feeling when clarity often just comes through making a decision seeing how it pans out and making a new decision Mm -hmm. take action wow that's so good so my next question is a little bit of a pivot but if somebody is listening to this and they're thinking wow this is really resonating with me and they're like i've never thought of coaching or like helping people find their careers but this like a lot of these things sound like something that I'd be really interested in, what would you suggest for them for their next steps? Do you have any like resources or I don't know, things that you you could say to them? 
Yeah, if they wanted to follow a similar path in being a career coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I think it kind of starts with what is your highest intention and hope for people? Because obviously, if I just, I could say, hey, go check out, like, Google a bunch of different career coaches and see what they're all about. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe what you'll find is, you know, I don't really want to help people just with their resume, like me. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I still had to come up with my own solution because I saw a lack of what I wanted. Yeah. Um, And so I think you're going to have to obviously start with your own purpose and passion and what is your highest intention for people. Just like for me, it was like, gosh, if I could only do one thing, I think it would be pretty dang purposeful Mm -hmm. to help um, especially Christians discern what they're called to do and find a career that's aligned with it so they could feel really energized and full and like very fruitful. Mm -hmm. Um, in an impactful career so I mean this is literally why I provide career coaching services and why I don't believe that just googling is ever really the ultimate answer um talking it out with a person is usually very helpful and I do help people uh actually I do transition into a business consulting type role for my clients Mm -hmm. that end up deciding that they would like to start a business um but yeah I mean they're welcome to reach out to me kind of see what I've how I've nestled into my own niche and specialty and be inspired by that. Um, So yeah, just, (laughs) it was very much like forging your own path. So it's kind of complicated trying to give quick advice for someone to model that. Okay. So before I ask you the last question that I ask everyone on the podcast, I wanted you to just chat really quick about yourself and the things that you have going on. Cause you kind of mentioned it, you have a podcast if you wanted to shout that out or highlight anything, anything else you wanted to share with us. Thank you so much. Yes, I do have a podcast. Predictably, it's called Answer the Call with Kelsey Kemp. (laughs) So answer that calling. Um, And so yeah, I have, I think, over 80 episodes um, published over there uh, on any major um, podcasting platform. You could also find me on Instagram, um, at Kelsey underscore the called career. But I think the best place to find me really is my website, KelseyKemp.com. That links to everything else and every other place I'm at on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives you a little bit more of a picture of what my story is. I have a cool about page, what my services are, how I engage and how I help my co- career coaching clients, the podcast, a blog, all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. KelseyKemp.com, that's where you can find me there. Otherwise, LinkedIn, you know, just kind of all the things. Nice LinkedIn. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I have going on. Thank you so much for joining us each week as we listen to our awesome guests as they come and they chat about their story and their passions. I am so humbled and honored that you would choose to download and listen to these conversations every other week through inviting me into your earbuds, your headphones, your car, your Google Home, your Alexa, whatever you listen to us on. Thank you so much, friend, and I am so grateful for you. Can you do me a favor? If you have not already subscribed to the podcast yet, would you do that in whichever podcast player app that you're listening to us today? If you're already subscribed, then thank you so much. I really, truly appreciate it. It makes a huge difference. I would love it if you would share the show with a friend. I find out about so many shows through podcast recommendations through friends. And maybe some of you have found out about this show through a friend sharing the show with you. Lastly, would you please leave a rating or review on whichever podcast player app you're listening on? Thank you so much.
I wanted to give a th- big thank you to Jennifer Y22 for reviewing the podcast. Jennifer Y22 said, I love this podcast because it makes me so optimistic about my future. There are no wrong turns. Wow. Thank you so much for your kind words. I know that these things may seem small, subscribing, sharing the show, leaving a rating review, but they make a huge difference in possible new listeners finding the podcast. Thank you all again so much. Thank you for being here, for listening, for cheering us on. Thank you so much for subscribing, sharing, and reviewing the show. Awesome. Okay, so this is our final question that we ask everybody on the podcast, and that is, what is fueling you? What's fueling your passion? This could be anything from a new coffee drink, a new book, a new Netflix show, a new uh, recipe, all the things, podcast, yes. yeah, anything. <laughs> so I love this because I'm going to get really shallow since I went so deep in this interview. So sounds great. Um, my most shallow things that are fueling my career right now and my passion. Actually, I was highly inspired to like level up and be extra ambitious over the last couple of weeks because I've been watching Selling Sunset on Netflix (laughs) with my sister and I'm like okay y'all are catty but y'all are super ambitious women and I am so inspired by that and so I um plus they have a a wicked playlist if you go on Spotify and look up Selling Sunset playlist Mm -hmm. oh my gosh it is like the most like girl power kind of hip-hop jams it is so funny my sister and I just kind of laugh at the songs but at the same time we're kind of like fist pumping a little bit (laughs) Uh, so that's one thing the other thing is actually I've been really into um, just working with these focus tracks on YouTube particularly there's this one YouTube channel called calmed by nature and they have the cutest youtube videos they're like eight hours long of you see the visual of being in this beautiful cozy fall time coffee shop and maybe you could pick different videos so that like maybe there's fire crackling or uh it's raining or like Mm -hmm. coffee shop noises or light jazz music or bossa nova and it it just provides such an ambiance and actually a lot more focus in my day um, so oh. I love that. Calmed by nature. Hit me up. Wait, what's it called? It, what's it like? What do you type in YouTube? Calmed by nature, but you'll find a ton of other YouTube channels like it. You could actually just look up like fall coffee shop work playlist or something like that. Wow. Um, so yeah, that's the other thing. I also really, the third and last thing I'll mention is I've enjoyed listening to a podcast called, um, called to mastery by mm-hmm. Jordan Rayner. And that's just really been motivating me because I enjoy that it's a similar podcast along the lines of maybe what you and I are doing of highlighting the story of how people found their callings or advice for how to find your ideal career path uh, from my perspective. But this perspective is um, people who have really done amazing excellent things in their career talking Mm -hmm. about how they mastered their craft through a faithful lens and so I've been very inspired by that um, because I've just really been trying to hunker down on um, being excellent at my own craft and having a lot of personal leadership and so hopefully I could continue to grow my team and grow my business and kind of be a, a person that deserves to lead other people and be really good to them. Um, so that's been helping me just pursue a lot 
a lot of excellence, I think. And there's some cool stories on that podcast too. So called to mastery. Awesome. That's so good. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for um, sharing your story and sharing your uh, passion with us. I feel like I've learned a lot and yeah, thank, just thank you so much. Oh yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Friends, I have so enjoyed our first conversation of 2021 with Kelsey. I enjoyed hearing her story of her wholeheartedly pursuing her first passion of ballet. Then how she shared the difficult time as she navigated her life between passions as she found her new passion of career coaching to help Christians discern their callings and help them actually land a job. I like how Kelsey described the beginnings of her business starting and how she admits the fear of failure and how others see her. I like how she described it when she said, it it is not cute in the beginning at all. You have to start messy. I have heard the same kind of theme several times from other guests, this principle of starting where you are with what you have. This is a great reminder for me and maybe for some of you listeners as we begin 2021. I hope that you are all encouraged today through Kelsey's story and passions. My prayer is that you would consider what God has for you and what he might be leading you to. You can see the show notes for our music credits. All right, guys, enjoy your week. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend. And I will see you back here next time. Hey friends, you have just listened to the No Wrong Turns pod with Audrey Hickman Hunter. I'm Audrey and I'm your host and I am so grateful that you are here. If you like what you listen to today, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are bringing new shows every other Tuesday and always have on some awesome guests to chat about their story and their passions and how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. Subscribe today to the No Wrong Turns pod with Audrey Hickman Hunter on your podcast player app so that you will never miss an episode. See you all next time.